Welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast uh, featuring me, your host Jeff, as well as your other host, John, who I cannot see and I feel scared about. Oh no, it's always <laughs> scary when you can't see me. I know, I, I, I don't know how I sleep at night. I pretty much have to draw pictures of you on the inside of my eyes. You've got one of those anime pillows of me. I do, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the entire bed, actually, is a, yeah. b- a big John anime pillow. Yeah, it's it's way harder to flip over to the other side where I'm, like, more embarrassed about what I'm wearing, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, the other side where you're doing the Ahagao face. <laughs> uh, ew. How is your Ahagao face, anyway? I feel like you got to have something to work on during quarantine time. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think uh, people who are listening to this and who may be Patreon supporters of ours should know that you know there is a level at which we'll unlock our secret Ahagao faces. <laughs> oh yeah, well I, I mean there's a level of getting money which it does automatically unlock that face for me. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Where you've received enough money that you just go into that face directly. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's not too surprising. I've never seen it happen, so presumably it must be at some hitherto unheard of level. I know. Geez, something like what? Like four hundred dollars? I think that's that's still significantly lower than the Ray Liotta private select level. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, if uh, Ray Liotta straight up started being a patron of ours, I'd be mm-hmm. like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> also he would need to want an Ahagao face from you. Well, let's be honest. He does. <laughs> Who wouldn't, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so listeners, if things sound a little funky, it's because we've finally succumbed to uh, California regulations and restrictions and recommendations, and we are recording remotely. John's at his house, and I'm at my house. Ugh, it's the worst. I don't care for it. I mean, <laughs> no, granted, I, I actually really like the new rig setup I have over here, because I got a new small soundboard. And the whole thing fits neatly into my regular desk, so I don't need a bunch of TV trays everywhere. The whole thing fits very neatly right up my desk. (laughs) Yeah, right up my small puckered desk. (laughs) Uh, Even from a distance, we still have the horrible jokes. It's all just butt jokes and dick jokes. We just haven't done any dick ones yet. Don't worry. We will. (laughs) It'll get there. (laughs) Don't you fret. So... This is a wrap-up episode. This is a uh, the Betweensy show, and it's actually a pretty good... Th- these are very loose as far as uh, episode formats go, so this is a good testing bed for our first remote episode. Mm. Yes. Uh, I do not know how long we're going to have to do this. I don't know. I mean, some amount of time. Who knows? Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, people... Everything I read is so doom and gloom these days that they're all just like, oh, it's definitely... It's definitely the beginning of several months, and by the time it's over, everyone will either be dead, or they'll be the king of the new wasteland. <laughs> That's right. We're going to have so many kings. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm kind of hoping that, that uh, in the new apocalypse world that you and I can kind of be like the radio DJs, you know, kind of like the the lady who was just like the lower half of her face in, in uh, oh, what movie is that? Help me out, John. Um... You know, what? the gangs, the one where it's a bunch of cool gangs oh, in New Warriors? York. And, the Warriors, thank you. Do you think we could be that that lady? We could be that lady. Together? Do you think that just if <laughs> just we combine the two day? of us? We'll ha- <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I mean, we'd just be like announcing rumbles. Yeah. And that's that, coming up next, rumble over yeah, the park. That, that could be our apocalypse job, just announcing rumbles. Coming up, we've got the guys who are dressed like baseball uh, up against. Yeah, they're the, dressed like baseballs. They're dressed like baseballs up against the guys dressed like baseball bats. <laughs> Let's see who I wins. really have a strong feeling about this one. I mean, it's just kind of a natural enemy situation. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the baseballs are scrappy. <laughs> I think they're due. <laughs> they, they're really hungry for it. They worked real hard in the preseason. <laughs> uh, wouldn't, wouldn't the baseball bats always win? Uh, okay, okay, so on the wrap-up show, we pretty much just discussed the last book and kind of share our, our final thoughts. Then we answer listener questions, and then, as a special treat for everybody who sticks around with us for the whole show, we will announce the next book. Yes, indeed. And I only have, like, two spare Star Wars books around, so it's... Only two spare (laughs) Star Wars books. (laughs) There might actually be more. I forget if I'm still storing my brother's, like, Star Wars collection in my garage. Hmm. I think he got it back. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. Anyway, um, but yeah, like, there may be a few spare books out there, but in terms of, like, books I had bought in advance, and then we went in a different direction, such that... Because right now, Amazon takes forever to deliver anything. There's well, there's yeah. no way around it. So I have a couple of backup books, and we're going to do one of those until, you know, the world comes back together. Eh. No, it's fine. It's fine. I've I've read this before. It's a really good book. I think we'll actually enjoy it, which is nice. It'd be nice to have some joy in this time. <laughs> really bring ourselves some nice smiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a bird yesterday. It's nice to see birds again. Birds are fake. Don't believe it. <laughs> it was a hologram. It was a it was a chemtrail produced by a demon. The the entire quarantine is just so that they can replace the batteries in the birds. <laughs> so so the book that we just finished reading was Crucible, uh, a 2013 work by Troy Denning, who actually was very involved in the end of the Star Wars EU. He wrote a lot of books. Man, that's uh, got to really suck if you're Troy Denning, and they had originally brought you on, and they're like, hey, we want you to like really spearhead this new generation of books that we're going to do. And he's like, sweet, and then just it shits the bed, and they're done. Apparently, he's written like 30-some novels as Troy Denning. Well, I mean, if you're one of those people that wrote a Star Wars book, it's probably... Like, you are a jobber of an author and will be like, yo, what do you want me to write? Okay, great. If anything, I kind of hope this guy doesn't hate us after having read his book because uh, he's a cool dude. I mean, he, he, well, I mean, from our weird perspective as professionals, uh, he's a cool dude. Uh, he, he, wor- he worked for Mayfair Games for a while. He worked for TSR for a while. Wow. He wrote, he wrote a, a five novel trilogy in Dark Sun. Huh. And a Planescape right. book neat yeah apparently something from the lady of pain's viewpoint which i would love to find out what that's about so so he's an interesting dude i mean I, we have had people tell us as we make our made our way through the book that he was a D guy from way back from way back yeah it looks like most of the books he's written have been D books well, well there you go yeah i'm trying to find his list here we go here's his star wars novels uh crucible was the last one he wrote and almost all of the ones that he got to write have very boring names. There's stuff like Tempest, Inferno, Invincible, 
abyss vortex yeah well i mean <sighs> i mean some of us write books and some of us design flavors of axe body spray <laughs> and some combine those loves <laughs> we call them stinkos max stinko <laughs> he fights crime and he smells like abyss <laughs> or inferno uh, i don't know so these these need like one more word to become good like deodorant names it's not enough to be abyss it has to be like i don't know frost abyss or something like that well i mean that would be if they were like uh like old spice names mm-hmm. sure because i think the one word is much more of the axe body spray Yo, you're, that's true. In Inferno is probably, and so is Invincible, probably already Axe Body Sprays. I mean, I would not be surprised at all. Do you think the in, the Invincible Axe Body Spray has to come with a little warning on it? Um, It's like, hey, this this does not actually make you invincible. I, I would like, hope not. Like, based on one time they got sued because some kid died? <laughs> yes, yeah, so some kid was like, I'm going to cover myself in Axe Body Spray, and then tragically he died of Axe Body Spray. <laughs> It's the one weakness of the invincible spray. <laughs> okay, but seriously though, what did you think of uh, of Crucible now that we've made our way through it? I mean, now that I've read the whole thing, I definitely think it's one of the stronger ones that we've read. Uh it like we mentioned several times during the season, you know, they're not afraid to fuck up the main characters. So you oh, yeah, don't it's really... like they just had a mandate of don't kill them. Yeah, but normally you get like, oh, uh, all of the main characters are just sort of invincible ultra badasses. Mm-hmm. And at least with this one, they're like, oh, they'll make it through, but they're still going to get absolutely fucked up along the way. I mean, it wasn't the entire book, but I think the thing that really stuck out to me the most in this book was the stuff that was written from Vestara Kai's perspective. Hmm. Because it was like, yeah, sure, this book is willing to fuck up Han and Leia and Luke a whole bunch, but it shows from Vestara's perspective exactly how scary they've been for 40 years. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you are someone that not only has basically grown up in a universe where Luke Skywalker is the main Jedi and, like, always has been, so at this point, you don't know anything but Luke Skywalker as a super badass... I mean, that's true. She's only 20 years old. Yeah, no, she 100% is like, yeah, when I was born, he was already the galaxy's supreme badass and still is. So you've got that. Plus, she interacted with them before. So she's been on adventures with both uh, Ben and Luke to the point where she's like, yeah, no, I've seen what he can do. He's not just a legend. Like, he actually is a badass. Like, to her, the whole thing where where he killed off Palpatine and... Or where I guess Lando took out Palpatine, technically, but... No, wait, it was Vader. What the hell am I talking about? Yeah, I don't know Uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, at this point, it was no one. He just survived. You know, don't worry about it. But, uh... But no, for her, all the, like, actual original trilogy stuff is just in legend. It's like what the Vietnam War would be to you and me. Exactly. She'd be like, when she was born, he was already doing, like, the, the Planet of Twilight Mega Force beam cannon attack. Exactly. So, I mean, especially from a generation like hers, you'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, obviously these guys are ridiculous. They have managed to survive 
a like list of dumb nonsense thrown at them. Now, I'm going to be willing to bet that Vistara Kai is actually like 3,000 years old and she was in stasis on the ship thing for like forever. Please, if that's true, just let me have my illusions. It's that not, would be great. It's not true. We made it up. The we writers made, made this one up. Not a chance. <laughs> no way. All right, John. I know you want to. I know you want to do the other one. Go ahead. Do you ever believe in the power of a curse? There it is. That's. What I, <laughs> I love that. That's got you so tickled uh, of late that you've actually got a Stardew Valley farm named after that game. That like two minute video. Oh yeah, my new Stardew Valley farm of Jever Farm. <laughs> It's a shame you can't put an S on the end of that, right? (laughs) (sighs) Well, yeah, I I more or less agree that this book is kind of a fascinating thing because ultimately we've read a lot of books. I'd say maybe four of the books that we've done so far have pretty much been the same thing. Like there's a disconnected mystery that the main characters can't all be privy to at once. Uh, At the end, Luke Skywalker has to do a crazy force thing. The yeah. villain has some kind of connection to the Empire, but ultimately is the latest example of supreme super badassery that turns out to be a total clown. I mean, I will say this, at least in this book, I mean, it sort of became that at the end, but for the vast majority of it, it wasn't a like Sith or Force-based problem. Because basically everything that I've seen in the expanded universe is either this is a problem because they have force powers or because they have something that is specifically anti-force power. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that is such a common problem in these books is, well, I mean, this one, you're right. By the end, it's doing it, too, with the monolith stuff. Yeah. But but most of these books are like, hey, one thing they never considered during the original trilogy is this crazy aspect of the force. Luckily, Luke masters it instantly. Yeah, I mean, it's always like, okay, we're dealing with whether it's, you know, like in uh, Crystal Star or Planet of Twilight or whatever. It's like, oh, it's some Force user is, has an evil plan. Okay, great. And both of those had the same Force trick, which was basically dampening fields. Yeah. Like, uh, well, Luke's, I mean... Planet of Twilight wasn't a dampening field exactly. It was more like a punishment reaction. If you turn the force on, you turn you cost a lightning storm. Hmm. But uh but yeah, with the other one with uh Crystal Star, it was literally oh Hathrier has like blanket force turn off power. Yeah, he can just be like, nah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's interesting how each one of the villains has to be kind of like a new type of force villain. Yeah, I mean it's nice to have it be like, oh, why is why are these guys the big bad? Oh, because they're they're ridiculously rich and smart. Well, smart and in the way that the book says that they are smart. Yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed. These honestly felt like Lando villains. Oh yeah, I mean this right? was definitely I mean, I mean, like this should be a Lando and Han adventure. Yeah, yeah. the The fact that they felt like they needed to tie force to these guys through like having them have a Jedi and the monolith and all that shit, and I was like, no, these are perfect villains for just Han and Lando. Yeah. Cuz you don't need to get anyone else involved. It's just, you know, crooked business guys. It's fine. Mhm. Yeah, and, and uh they liked to play Sabak, so that's perfect for those two as well. I mean, 
don't get me wrong. I think the Kalumi are interesting. I just don't think the execution necessarily paid off by the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say I actually did like the sort of weird dreamlike thing at the end where they were all in the monolith and it was doing weird stuff. Like, that was kind of fun. Uh, and it's definitely handled better in that than, like, when they were in uh, Waru. Oh, yeah. The Waru one, that felt like an afterthought, if anything. I mean, they were only in there for, like, four pages of one chapter, and it never felt like there were any real danger. No. And for jumping into a, like, weird dimensional space that combines, like, our world and another one in a weird goop, like... There wasn't really anything weird going on. They were just kind of like, oh, hey, I'm I'm swimming around in here, just having a good time up in these guts. Mm-hmm. Swimming around in this beautiful pocket of Vermont-style Japanese golden curry. <laughs> yeah, just the fact that this book decided to go like, oh, I'm going to spend some time making things feel a little surreal was appreciated, I will say. Yeah, and I'll back that up. I think that's that's definitely the case. Um, we had a lot of characters that were introduced in this one. I, I think there were very few actually new characters. I think it was pretty much just Omad, Dina, and the Krefs are truly new. Yeah. Dina and the Krefs. I mean, because Savara's just from some other books, like the Dark Nest Crisis or whatever. And Myrda, I have to assume there's a whole bunch of shit about Myrda somewhere or other. I I mean, given that she has the relationship to Boba Fett, I have to imagine there's at least one book where she was established at some point. Yeah, I mean, there's maybe probably even a Boba by Fett Troy book out there. I mean, we should probably look into the Boba Fett post-Sarlacc adventures to see what's going on with him, because I've never read any of those. Nope. I don't care. <laughs> But he's Boba Fett. He has a super cool um, Boba Fett look or so. I don't really know. He never did oh, anything man. cool in the movies. I. <laughs> it's amazing how much I don't care about Boba Fett. <laughs> and the coolest thing he did in the original trilogy, like honestly, is the scene where he just sort of acknowledges C-3PO or Luke Skywalker or whoever when they walk into Jabba's palace. Hmm. He just kind of puts his hand on his gun and looks up and it's sort of a cool moment. And that's. That's the coolest Boba Fett's ever been. Or I the guess coolest maybe Boba the scene Fett where... has ever been is when he woke up from a nap because someone came into the room. <laughs> I was just going to say, the other one is probably the moment where Vader told him no disintegrations because that was like, you know, selling the guy. Well, yeah, at least at that point, you're like, oh, he doesn't need to say anything. But this is established that, you know, this is the type of guy who goes out and disintegrates motherfuckers. Right. I mean, sure, it's not him selling it. That's kind of like saying that the Rock This Is Your Life promo made the Rock look cool. I mean, everything makes the Rock look cool, so let's <laughs> let's not be too hasty here. <laughs> I mean, it didn't make the Rock look cool because he looked cool already. But Exactly. There you go. Uh, and that isn't true of Boba Fett. I don't think we can compare the Rock and Boba Fett. <laughs> no, indeed not. No, no, indeed. Uh, John, did you want to answer some listener questions? I mean, sure, we can do that. There's a lot of them, so I mean, I'm never that worried about the length of these wrap-up episodes, so... I mean, the first one that I have, as far as the questions, actually ties into the discussion of 
the novel. So I think it's, even if we weren't doing them, it's a good question to ask anyway. Cool. Hit me. So, uh, got one from Science Gar, which is, would you rather the expanded universe had a definitive end with the big three dying epically, or is it appropriate for it to go out on a wet fart of status quo with nothing changing? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, like... At this point, I feel like killing off Luke or Han or something wouldn't really have the dramatic impact that you'd hope for, because there's nothing left. There'd be no story about what happened after he was gone. I mean, I guess it's one of the things where when I look at, if you were saying like, oh, this is going to be the last story we're going to do for the expanded universe. I mean, maybe you want to see like one of them die. That's what I'm saying is give me at least a death. Or something like that, because, I mean, even if I, as I was just saying that I really enjoyed the kind of, like, surreal, weird nonsense that happened inside of the monolith, it also just, it seemed to put a lampshade on the whole these people can't die thing, where it was like, yeah, no, it doesn't matter what happens to you. You are incapable of dying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it definitely, it put them into an interesting situation where there was, like, infinite respawn turned on. Um, so it, it did kill all of them. Basically, I guess that's something you could, you could argue that, that this book did kill all three of the main characters in a situation where they got to come back to life free over and over again. Uh, I think, I mean, though I do say that having the end of the book be no, everything's back to status quo would be kind of great. Cause that would be just the very definition of the expanded universe, which is just, Ah, we had something happen, and then it didn't matter. Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) If there's one thing that generally tends to define the expanded universe, it's uh, status quo. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I've got one here. Uh, Let's see. This is from Surfobos, and it says, Who would win in a rap battle between the Kalumi brothers and Prince Shizor? Well, obviously, it's going to be the Kalumi brothers. There's two of them, so they can take turns going back and forth. And... They can share rhymes with each other over their little screens. That's true. I mean, they are they are able to process fresh new beats at microsecond levels that we can't even begin to comprehend. Now, if we want to make it fair and give Shizor Guri so it's a mm. 2v2, I don't know. I think Guri can drop some fresh beats. I think she might be skilled in over six million forms of being fly. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so that that might be the case. I mean, I'd like to see that happen. I would love to see that happen. Maybe we should, like, figure out a way to, to represent that someday. Make a YouTube yeah, let's, video. Let's get, let's get a hold of the epic rap battles of history, guys. Pitch this to them and then have them go, who are you and what is this? <laughs> We'd be like, look, we have casting ideas, which are in a follow uh, another question that's going to be coming up in just a second, actually, so... So let me tell you my awesome casting ideas. You go get those big famous Hollywood celebrities and have them do a dumb rap battle dressed as blue monsters. Uh, Well, I mean, we may as well go to the next one, which is that you are in charge of casting a film adaptation of this book. Who do you cast for the Kalumi brothers? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. I feel like I've got a good answer ready on that. Um, Do you? Yeah, actually, I, I think I know exactly who I'd cast as uh, the, the it's crab. It's Nick Kroll and Josh Gad. Well, it's Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, obviously. Oh, okay. Because they work together so well, you know, with their Oh Hello tours and what have you. 
but no, actually, my my real answer was two comedy actors. It was just that it was not them. It was uh, it would be Chris Parnell and Will Forte. Okay, I mean, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of have a similar larger top than bot. They like you know inverted triangle faces. They both do so. Will Forte in particular practically is already a big hated alien, so there's there it would be really really easy to uh, uh, to to get him looking all blue and mega mindy. But I think the two of them uh, would bounce off each other really well, and I think we'd give Will Forte would be Marvid, uh, kind of overacting and being sort of you know a spoiled brat, mm-hmm. where Chris Parnell gets to be a little cooler and smoother and play the Kratheus role. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say. Parnell as Kratheus is great, but I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and do my uh, Marvid pitch as Jason Manzukis. <laughs> I mean, in a voice only role, like, or are we giving Marvid? Do you think we could give Marvid the beard? <laughs> I would love if it was just. <laughs> There's a point where. Like Savara says something about liking facial hair, and then he shows up in the next scene with a fake beard on. <laughs> what do you mean the Jedi are already after us? That is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, 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 Savara, listen to me. The thing you are saying doesn't make sense. It's crazy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I could back that play. I think honestly, I'd be okay with either one of them. And and I know this isn't out there. Uh, out of left field kind of a thing to to throw in as well because he's not really a, a comedy actor so much as just a presenter but i think seth myers has a good face for uh for being a craft brother as well well i mean it's not like we've got to have him in makeup cgi exists so oh i know but i'm casting and i'm casting by look and by voice and i, I really like will will forte's dumb whiny voice for marvin <laughs> that's fair so I, I don't know. It, I, I don't think it matters. I think you could also, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm mostly just picking people who were on Saturday Night Live like 15 years ago, which <laughs> is why it's all like the other people on my list are like, oh, Fred Armisen could probably be one of them because I fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's why. <laughs> Poor Landia should have just been called 11 of the same sketch over four seasons. Mm. Uh, all right, man. Oh, do you want to move on? Are we moving on? I think, do we want to cast anyone else besides the Kalumi brothers while we're in there? Uh, I mean, there's really not much to the other. I mean, I, I guess for Vistara, I'd probably go with an Anna Taylor-Joy and I, I, I don't know who, no one else is really interesting. It's all just young, sexy people that are new. Yeah. And I would like to see an a Anna Taylor-Joy with a double-sized head, so. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. Who do I want to <laughs> see on big head mode? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, we can move on to the next one. Uh, let's see. You want to? You want to do it? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Arthur, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Arthur BDD says, "What character from the entire expanded universe roster do you really wish the Kalumis had cloned? And what would they have done in Crucible if they had been cloned?" Well, first of all, they're not clones; they're biots. <laughs> That's true. I think we said clone an awful lot towards the end, though, because we were getting I mean, tired of saying biot. It's true. I don't want to say the word biot a whole bunch, and clone is fine. It's interesting that they say expanded universe, which means it has to be an original character do not steal and not someone who was visible in one of the films. Well, I mean, the expanded universe roster also includes everyone that ever had any screen time. 
I guess that's fair. I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking in terms of like, you know, who's an original expanded universe character. Uh, but but sure, we can do whatever. What do you? Well, who do you think they should have cloned? Well, I mean, at that point, the big one would have been to get a buyout of Jason Solo, so that there's like an emotional confrontation on the ship between like his parents and him. Oh yeah, and imagine how mad that would make his parents to see yet another clone of Jason Solo running around. Or Biot. Do you think they'd make him after Darth Cadus or before? Like, is he a bargaining chip or is he a, a weapon? Oh, I think they would go for the Darth Cadus route. Mm-hmm. Because they'd be like, oh, we actually do want to use him to, like, murder them. <laughs> uh, I-, I would have liked to see them make clones of Beldorion, or Biot's, excuse me, of Beldorion the Hut. <laughs> And have that be their soldier army instead of Nargons. Just I a mean, whole bunch any of hut. Sorry? Just any hut. Be like, yo, we got huts. We made <laughs> huts. <laughs> in different area huts. <laughs> We've got huts in different area butts. <laughs> That's how we kill people. This is how I win. <laughs> no, but Beldorion in particular, because he's a Jedi hut. I mean, that's completely dangerous. Yeah. I, I and, and I would be super into it. So I think I'll go with Beldorion the Hut, especially because he was also kind of lazy and easy to uh, sort of like manage, if you will. Like that—that's what was happening on the planet in the Planet of Twilight book. Was basically other people were uh, were running him just like a like an asset, and I think that that means that he's pretty weak-willed for a Jedi, and he would have been perfectly fine operating under the crafts. Well, I mean, ha- spending enough time on that garbage bug planet, yeah, yeah, and also. Let's just imagine how great a big head mode version of a Jedi hut would be. <clears throat> just Even like looking at a huge bigger. sperm with two lightsabers. <laughs> All right, uh, what else we got? Uh, from Richard, how well did the allegory for McCarthyism come through? And do you think the Salem witch trials are an effective vehicle for commentary on the current political cl- climate? <laughs> Is this one of those things? The other crucible. <laughs> Uh, I have only ever read it in like middle school. Well, the the, my, the full extent of my knowledge of the Crucible is that a lot of people in it are named Goody something. Yeah, Proctor, <laughs> Goody Proctor, and Gamble. Uh, so I, I don't know, John. Do you have any answers? You're the one with a lit degree. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge the joke and then move I on. Just, I just wanted to acknowledge that the joke was made. The Crucible is the name of something else. Thank you. Uh, all right. I'm going to go to the next one then. Uh, this one's from Razor Girl Sydney. says, hashtag Crucible. Who's the biggest doofus in deep space? Oh, man. <laughs> That's rough. Cause like, I mean, it really just comes down to who's the worst villain we've seen so far. I, like, I kind of want to give it to... Uh, God, I can't even remember his name. The the Eugène Vogue. Oh, uh, yeah, the one who got a crush on a human woman immediately, and yeah, the one who just sat on Fart Planet waiting to die. Oh no, that one's that's that's Noman Carr. Yeah, no, he is one hundred percent the biggest doofus because he just spends his entire time being like, "Oh, the humans, they don't know. My pain is unknowable." Ugh. <laughs> I'll make so it many quick. More books. I'll I'm... kill you with an axe fast. I'll give you a warrior's death. What you don't know is that these bugs are my bugs. Ugh, God, what a doofus. 
I, yeah, I didn't care for him either. I mean, he wasn't my least, I don't even think he was my least favorite Eugene Vong in that book because I knew he was eventually going to get murdered. I, I thought it was the commander that that landed on the ice planet in the first place just because the first thing he did was like, bring me a sexy human woman. <laughs> See, but I th- I'm going off specifically the biggest doofus. Oh, okay, not, fair enough. Not who's the worst, but mm. Carr was definitely the biggest doofus. <laughs> yeah, like by the time, because who was it who found him? It was Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker, right? And they just yeah. murdered the crap out of him, <laughs> which which made his like 10 chapters of being like, yes, I will wait here for warriors to approach and I will murder those warriors when they do. And then finally, anybody with any clout showed up and just instantly murdered him. Yeah, because he spends most of the book just being like, oh, I'm the most amazing warrior. I'm killing fat scientists. The deliciousness of the pain. Ugh. You dumb jagoff. Yeah. Yom- I want to say Yeoman Car. Is that right? Yeoman Car. I'm trying to remember. I had the other guy's name in, in my head as well. The one the one Eugene Vong in that book I kind of liked. Uh, Nominor. Yeah, there you go. Nominor, uh, Yeoman Car. Yeah, and there's a third one, and that's the one whose name I can't remember at all. The one who was like in charge of the uh, the, the guy who landed on Helska 4. Yeah. No oh, idea. well. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I mean, I was sitting there going through the list of villains and, and organizing them in, in, like, how effective they were. And at number one, for most effective of the villains that we've encountered, has to be Geth Zirion, who pretty much knew what she was doing. Oh, yeah. Like, and had then, a plan, was mostly <laughs> executing it. And then the, the, the pairing of Darth Fart and Darth Evil Lunch, I feel like they got a lot of good work done. Good work. Yeah, I mean, actually, I honestly can't remember the name of the 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 dude in that the the evil Darth from the zombie book. Uh, Darth st- symbolism. Scabrous? I don't know. Is it, Scabrous. Is Scabrous. Okay, that yeah, is, okay, because yeah. he was the name of a Crix guy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was. God damn it. Uh. Yeah, Darth Darth Scabrous. But even then, he wasn't really the villain of that. If you wanted to see who the villain was, it was that zombie presence. It was and zombie that was MacArthur. Very. <laughs> My old City of Heroes character, Zombie MacArthur. Yes. <laughs> he has returned. <laughs> That's the whole joke. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'd also maybe just the one ghostling we ever met was pretty fucking stupid. Like, oh, would you like to fuck me to death? It's my thing. That's what I'm into. <laughs> That's my. That's my jam. I mean, you know, I shouldn't be judging. Maybe some people are just into getting banged to death. Uh, okay, I've got one from Hit the Targets. You two were kind of bait and switched on the idea of this book's being something like other than yet another Sith. Uh, how, after all that emotional blow, I gotta ask, how you doing? You know, it hurts. I mean, it hurt a little bit by the end. I mean, the the problem was that they they buried the uh, the crafts getting Jedi powers for way too late into the book. It's like the last three pages. Which, and the whole thing, they introduced that guy, that, that Jonas Ram guy, to show us that it's like a huge personality change and that they're completely crazy. But when you fe- when we finally meet the Krefs with Darth Dark Powers, they're just like, what's up? We're the Krefs. We have Dark Powers now. Yeah, it's... I was hoping for some comeuppance when they were like, oh, uh, we're, our brains are too big to be taken over by dark side spirits. We're so smart. We'll just 
use them. And I was like, oh, God, I cannot wait until they get possessed and turned into little tiny dangly big-headed meat puppets for some spirit. <laughs> but no, the book was like, no, it's true. They are. They're too smart. Yeah, I was really kind of hoping that when Luke and Leia finally managed to corner the two of them, they were just like, what's up? I am Yangus Bosch, and I have no <laughs> quarrel with you, Jedi. Uh, that'd be great. I would have loved yeah. it. And I am Yeats Freely. <laughs> oh, Yeats Freely. Uh, in this world, it's either yeet or be yeeted. <laughs> and I am the master yeeter. Yeah, uh, but no, it no. was just kind of a disappointment that they pretty much got the Willy Wonka ending right up until they got murdered, where it was just like, oh, we're going to go into the crucible or the, the I guess it's a crucible. Really, it's more of a crucible. <laughs> I always thought it was more of a crucible. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's uh, way better. No, but like. When they get into the monolith and they get their powers just the way they thought they would, I was a little uh, a little disappointed. But yeah. in terms of how I'm doing, I don't know. I, I, I miss my friend John. Aww. How will we live? Oh, yeah, our many hundreds of video games that we both play together on a regular basis. Yeah. And the book we have to write. <laughs> Damn it. And then the other book after that that we also have to write. Damn it. <laughs> don't, don't you say damn it to work? Not in this economy. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question from Defiance Industries. The main strategy of the EU writers to get Jaina over is to make her good at more things. What other things would you have had her be great at so that people would like her more than the original three? It is true. There were characters that were, I mean, that's just the the, the common nature of the EU. I wouldn't single out Jaina for that. You got to deal with guys like Cornhorn before you get to her. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cornhorn is like, go ahead. There, well, there's there's definitely a point where you see that they've taken two characters and put them into one. So, like, Cornhorn is very much Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, combine them, you get Cornhorn. Yes. Uh, and with Jaina, I feel like they just kept throwing characters in there. So they're like, oh, it's Luke and Leia and Han, because we <laughs> needed to make her so that she was... Super powerful in the Force, but also an amazing pilot, but also, also she has, like, her mother's personality. Yeah, I mean, she's a little, like, she's a little Luke, a little Leia, and a little Padme, I think, is is the, the full measure of what you get from her. Because she, she has all the, the imperious qualities of someone who was raised to be a leader. She's a Jedi. She's, you know, got a lot of her mom in her. But also she, ha she has a, a weakness for bad boys. Which is how she ends up with uh, with Jagged Fell. Oh, Jagged. <laughs> Apparently a very nice guy by the time we actually ever met him, but I I'm pretty sure he was a big deal Empire dude at one point or another. Well, I mean, it said in the book that he was some Empire muckety-muck who then just went, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of other characters I would have liked to see added to her to really kind of make her the best, let's, let's think about that. Uh It'd be kind of funny if she had some uh, some Chewbacca in there. Hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> real good at engineering. No, she just casually threatens to rip people's arms off, and apparently she can back it up. Well, I mean, she kind of does have some some uh, Chewbacca in there in that she does machines. That's true. She does do machines. You're right. As opposed to her brother who does animals, she's the one who does machines. 
Indeed. So that means that she already has a little bit of maybe Chewbacca, sure, because he's kind of a hyperspace engineer, but also probably some Lobot. <laughs> maybe Lobot? <laughs> have you considered... You still have Lobot. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I mean, maybe if she had the dance stylings of Ula the Twi'lek. <laughs> maybe. Or the other dancer, Yarna Dalgargan. Yeah. <laughs> Whose Gargan species name nuts. I have forgotten? <laughs> I cannot. She was her species is notable as having six breasts. Yeah, very notable. That's the that's the thing that's the most notable about her species. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like she's an Oscagian. Uh, all right. I just looked her up. Apparently, she's an Oscagian, which is that's no. Oh, hold hold on for a second. I was like, oh, interesting. That's a crossover with the Guardians of the Galaxy because I think that's the the gross needly species that that Quill slept with once. But no, that was Oscavirians. Hmm. Or Oscamirians. One or the other. Who cares? Let's move on. <laughs> Don't ask of me. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> from uh, from SRZ, what's Sheev Palpatine's usual in and out secret menu order? Oh, ho, ho. I mean, granted, the last time we did this in and out secret menu order stuff, a lot of people were commenting that, like, it sounded like we were speaking made-up alien languages because we don't have that many <laughs> California listeners. I mean, it's true, but it's definitely Sheev Palpatine goes in, gets a Flying Dutchman and a vanilla strawberry shake. Yes, he knows that the strawberry shake is just the vanilla shake with strawberry flavoring. He likes a little bit more vanilla than strawberry. <laughs> Why is he getting a Flying Dutchman? Is he watching carbs? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> He's got a good ripped for the beach contest. Gethzerion's going to be there. <laughs> that last movie definitely confirmed I fuck. <laughs> oh, I got to get it on. <laughs> I mean, we've always been strong proponents of the idea that that uh, Palpatine was fucking just constantly. Oh, yeah, obviously. If, if he wasn't boning down, he was at the very least fucking with Vader. <laughs> if he wasn't boning down, he was boning up on yeah. how to bone down. Hanging out in the great porn libraries of Coruscant. Uh, the, just uh, chilling the... in his own hot tub. <laughs> you know, in the great porn libraries of Coruscant. Yeah. That's where it is. Obviously. Where, where else would you put a hot tub? If you could put a hot tub anywhere because you're the emperor, where else would you put it? Yeah. What, are you going to put it in some snow chalet? That's boring. That's pedestrian. He's done that already. Been there. Mm-hmm. Done people in it. No, instead it's the great porn libraries of Coruscant, which aren't as cool as they sound. It's just huge, like, stacks of, like, printed paper porno from the 80s. Yeah, and just no one wants dirty, that. gross stacks of books, like some 75-year-old's accountant's office that's never been cleaned out. Oh, this flimsy plast is all stuck together. <laughs> uh, oh, at least some of these subscription cards are still good. They've got titties on them, too. <laughs> It's just a whole bunch of those Vegas titty cards. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, it's a very comprehensive library. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Man, right now there's got to be like dust golems comprised of those things wandering the Vegas Strip. <laughs> uh, Man, I, I, I cannot imagine what it must be like to be someone that lives in Vegas when it's shut down so that only the people that live there are there. Because, like, wow. I know. The city is, it's like Berkeley where it empties out. 
So it's it's got to be an unusual and the only people who work there either work supporting the industry or have like office jobs that relate to businesses in the city. So I imagine it's it's a pretty hard hit city overall. Oh yeah. Plus, I mean, if you're just Scary. going down like the strip and no one is there because the strip only exists for tourists, it's got to feel very the stand. Vegas listeners, chime in. How horrifying is the dystopia? Yeah. Uh, okay, from from Abby Pringles, we've got, is Vestara M- uh, Mirda the new OTP? Oh, obviously. I mean, they ran off they together at the end. They run off together. They are uh, off having great, sexy, lesbian space pirate adventures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I think they're trying to set up some sexy lesbian space pirate adventures like canon right now in Star Wars because of the uh, what's going on with Ahsoka and the uh, in the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. Well, Crucible She's, beat you to it. I know by several years, <laughs> which means that yes, definitely Vestara Kai is the uh, Vestara and, and Mirda are the new sexy lesbian team. Oh my God! How much do I want that to show up in Mandalorian? <laughs> Well, Ahsoka's going to show up in Mandalorian. It's not impossible. Exactly. Plus, yeah. you'd have Boba Fett's granddaughter in there. It would be mm-hmm. fine. Oh, that'd be amazing. What if she tried to pull rank on the actual Mandalorian like main, main character guy? And she was like, look, I'm the granddaughter of Boba Fett. You're going to do what I say. And he had to be like, dude, Boba Fett took his helmet off constantly. I don't respect your dumb thing. <laughs> I don't respect not- you. I don't respect your dumb bullshit. Yeah. The Fets are a horrible offshoot of our of our cool culture. You are not the way. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh, and then they'd fight. Ooh, they fight. They'd fight and fight and fight. I'm I'm I was excited to see that they had cast um potentially I forget who it was they had cast um she's awesome and she's been in a million things. But I, I was excited to see who they were potentially casting for Ahsoka in that Mandalorian show. But can we just go ahead and agree that if she'll be in the show, it'll be for a five-second preview shot in the last five seconds of the last episode of the second season? Hmm. There is no way she's an actual character instead of sort of a setup for season three. Eh. Yeah. But anyway, in answer to your question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all Hashtag right. Hashtag Crucible. Go ahead. Uh, hit the targets. How well would Ray, Finn, and Poe handle this whole Kref situation compared to Luke, Leia, and Han? I feel like poorly. Yeah, the problem with well, I mean, here's the here's the problem. You're dealing with Ray, Finn, and Poe, who we know for maybe what like a year. I think is the maximum possible amount of time that those three trilogies ta- or those three movies take place over. Then you have yeah. to fact like you factor in that the people fighting the Krefs are Luke and Leia, like as powerful as they will ever be yes and i mean outside of finn man so much of the ray and poe storylines are just like them fucking up yeah and it makes it so that they are interesting characters but when you put them in a situation like this i'd be like oh they would just get fucking murdered i mean the uh i mean we haven't talked much about uh rise of skywalker i don't even know if you've seen it I have not. This will be probably the twentieth time you have asked me that. I mean, the problem is we went. For, we had a long running joke about whether or not you had seen Solo, and, and so, I finally did. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the problem is that just that has just transposed itself into the most recent Star Wars novel in my or movie in my head. Mm-hmm. It's just moved along. Um, but that movie is so utterly disappointing in terms of the way things that shake out. I'd be like, 
I I mean, I feel like Ray's going to win because she'll just hold up two lightsabers and that'll win somehow. Hmm. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. This is from Sydney. If the cast of the new trilogy got filtered through the old legends writing, what kind of care? Oh, wait, this is pretty much the same thing. Uh, what would happen if we did see Ray, uh, Poe, and Finn like 30 or 40 years later? Well, I think and they're asking what kind of character flanderizations would you, would occur. Yeah, it's if they got written in like old expanded universe type legends writing, how would they fuck them up? You know, like Leia the space racist and uh, oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Han the kidnapping <laughs> ridiculous person. I mean, as as much as I thought it was kind of interesting in the one movie, it's it's really happening in, and you're just gonna have to suck it up and deal with the spoiler alerts on this one, pal. Yeah, I really um, don't care. I know. If you cared, you would have seen the movie. Yeah, uh, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, the force dyad thing where where uh, Ray and and uh, Kylo could hand stuff to each other like through the force would probably get increasingly overused and expanded upon until the point where like. Ray's sending spaceships through to wherever wherever Kylo is, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like a thing that would happen. I think it would just happen. It'd just take a longer period of time. The problem is that ultimately the new trilogy is itself kind of the flanderization of the old trilogy, where you're like, oh well, remember how the th- the re- Return of uh, the Jedi had a bigger Death Star in it? What if we made a planet into a Death Star? Eh? Mm-hmm. Eh-eh. What if what if the villain in the end of the third one of these was a whole fleet of Death Stars? I mean, sure, they're Star Destroyers, but every one of them has a Death Star on it. It's all Star Destroyers with Death Stars. That's literally the end of that movie. Is it, It's revealed that Palpatine has a fleet of Star Destroyers, and every one of them has a Death Star cannon on it. Uh, that is so dumb. God damn it. I'm glad so I it, didn't see this really, movie. Yeah, no, honestly, for the year and a half of hate that we endured for for uh the middle one, the the last one is so aggressively bad. It it, it was crazy. It was uh. like listening to people com- comedically make fun of Jepson's Malort for a year and a half and then they were like, "Fine, here's our new recipe that we came up with. It's just a dump in a shot glass." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. So, well, anyway, sorry about that. Getting getting too deep into uh into Rise of Skywalker. Uh, let's see. Revengeful Lobster asks, which bounty hunters would you most like to see an odd couple-esque show about them being roommates that don't get along? Ooh, okay. quirks of their personality clash the hardest and drive the conflict? I mean, ultimately, I feel like they're going to want us to go with, you know, bounty hunters anyone's ever heard of. So the the five from the the Star Destroyer plus the ones from the EU that we've talked about. Mm Mm-hmm. So like Mirda's probably okay. Oh yeah. Or but, uh, I mean I don't know, Spurch Warhog Goa. <laughs> I would definitely want I mean the easy one is just any one plus IG eighty eight, because then the dynamic is, you know, flesh bags <laughs> and not. Oh yeah, that's fair. Kind of like uh and what's his name? The uh the the, the assassin droid from Kotor yeah. thing where he's just calling everybody meat bags and so on. Exactly. I like the idea of IG-88 being one of the pairing because that way he can bring in his like three identical brothers and it could become a whole comedy of errors thing where you can never be sure which IG-88 you're talking to. And he consistently puts his own intelligence into other objects. So he's like, damn it, IG-88, quit being the toaster. 
<laughs> I have improved I have taken the over toaster. the refrigerator. <laughs> it now toasts bread into pure carbon. <laughs> Take that, bread. <laughs> Food is for weak. I mean, I would honestly kind of like to see... Do you know that that internet that Twitter meme that's been going around recently, where where people want a a TV show where what's uh, what Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are like old gardeners who solve mysteries? Yes. The I, what if Picard had nothing to do with space and was just Picard in a winery? Yeah. Uh, oh well, the, the, in this case, it's there's just they're just two old gardeners who live in England and they solve murders like Jessica Fletcher did, but they spend most of their time just sort of insulting each other's gardening hmm. and one of them has a hot grandson who has to drive them everywhere so at least there's one hot dude on the show which you know three hot dudes come on let's be real uh but i would like that that same basic concept of like a, a fairly low stakes murder mystery uh like kind of friendly old neighbors thing with uh zuckus and Forlom. Hmm. because i mean it's just such an interesting premise to pitch you're like all right so this is a show about some sort of bug alien bounty hunter who's a little bit robot. And then a robot that is a robot of the bug alien bounty hunter who's like all robot. <laughs> and they fight crime. They fight crime. <laughs> uh, barring any of those, uh, I would probably go with Dengar and Deharhan. See, I was thinking Dengar but would be who I would put with IG-88. Dengar and IG-88 would be really good, cause, mostly because... You see Dengar and you think, okay, you could put like, like, like a Harvey Corman or some other good old dude actor who's just like, God damn it, IG-88. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, he's definitely the kind of like, rip-torn of <laughs> this. That's fine. I can see rip-torn as Dengar. <laughs> IG-88, just keep Taika Waititi doing the voice for that kind of droid. That's perfect. Hmm. And then we could have an episode where, where IG-88's cousin Deharhan shows up. There you go. Because I don't know if you remember Deharian. He's the he's the bounty hunter, hunter that has replaced his head with a gun. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> and I just feel like it'd be kind of fun to watch him bumble around an apartment. Deharian. <laughs> just, just banging into stuff. Whoops, sorry. I, as you know, I replaced all of my sensory organs with a cannon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Nobody help me. Nobody help me. I have to learn how to do this. Whoops, face uh... went off good yeah okay well there you have it uh let's let me check the time because i'm having a good old time i was gonna say uh we probably you know we could do one more let's do one more let's do one more uh let's see i'm gonna find one that that's okay we already did that joke so i'm sorry i can't i can't ask your question yeah unfortunately that's okay uh i like the srz one here this one's pretty simple uh, is it just me, or is this book kind of good, at least by expanded universe standards? Yes. Yeah, I actually. Mean, we said towards the beginning of the season that one of the big things with this is that stuff actually happens. And mm-hmm. so much in pretty much anything that wasn't Red Harvest, you were just waiting for anything to happen because it was just chapter after chapter of wheel spinning and at least with this you have multiple like combat scenes and like disasters and things happening yeah i would say the one weakness to this book that i really well besides the stupidness of the crafts in general the one weakness i really felt to this book was that it introduced a lot of new characters that it didn't need 
Like, yeah, it needed Dina Yuss. Like, she was an important piece of the puzzle. But Omad, you could skip him entirely. It's true. And the thing is, I do feel like a lot of that was, oh, because we're going to use Omad, obviously, for books coming up later. And then realized, no, we're not. But yeah. whatever, I've still got the character. You also have Ohali Sirak in that same point where you're like, "What? this is a neat character, a Duro Jedi questing knight. What's this all about? Oh, she'll hide in a vat and disappear for the movie. Ta-da! <laughs> so, but yes, overall, this is this is good by expanded universe standards. Yeah, I mean, it's still not something that I would be like, oh man, I need to go out and recommend people read this. But uh, it's at least much more competently done and paced than most of the other ones. That is very true. So, John, do you think we should go ahead and let people know what's coming up? Yeah, I suppose we may as well open up our secret container and Mm -hmm. let out the next book. All right, I'm going to unzip my secret container. Oh, no. (laughs) What? It's just a zipper on a secret container. It's it's my my, duffel bag. What? that That I keep my balls in. I have basically a little duffel bag hanging off my dongus at any given time, just a holding (laughs) the boys. (laughs) Yeah, that's what passes for underwear these days. Yeah. (laughs) This should be okay on a beach, right, guys? (laughs) Get your new duffel ball bag from me undies. Uh, I still, to this day, one of my favorite websites I ever found was like a an extremely adult male only swimsuit website. Oh that yeah. Just sold, just sold like, you know, gay fetish, uh, swimsuits for dudes. And, and it was funny because it was all these things that were like, Oh, this, this one's being, this whole swimsuit is held on by a, a, a hook that goes up your butt. Yeah. Um, or, you know, this one is basically a dick shaped pouch that you put on your dick. Yes. Um, but with each and every one of them, the, the ad copy had to basically, feed into people's fetish by being like this one could totally be worn on a real beach just stride out there in comfort in your this is my dick bathing suit <laughs> and it was every time and you like no one's do it no one's wearing these things to like you know the beach for the day it's interesting that you're it just found it so fascinating to watch over and over again as the exact same ad copy was being used <laughs> mm. This one's a G-string that literally goes up inside your butt. You could wear this one around kids. Yeah, definitely. Play some (laughs) beach volleyball with this one. (laughs) If it falls off, it's going to suck. Anyway, let's let's do the actual announcement and stop talking about tiny Speedos. Um, One of the books I had lying around that was ready just in case of emergencies such as this one uh, was the Han Solo Adventures. And we're going to start. There are three books in this book. And I am going to start by saying that we're going to commit to the first one. We're going to do the first one and see if we want to keep going. All right. So we are doing Han Solo uh, Han- at Star's End. Han Solo at Star's End. And here's an interesting thought. You know, John, the book that we just finished reading, Crucible, was from 2013. Mm-hmm. Han Solo at Star's End is from 1979. <sighs> this damn. is older than Empire Strikes Back. God damn. Yeah, so this is a really fascinating book. It's just Han and Chewie. There are no references to any other characters from the Star Wars, uh, you know, the original movies. Uh, it's just Han before he's hooked up with the Rebellion, hanging out in the corporate sector, doing crimes. <laughs> 
Uh, it is old as the hills. It's written by by uh, in a fairly well known author, Brian Daly. And uh, my understanding is that these books are, if a little dry, actually pretty good. But you know, we'll find out as we make our way through Han Solo at Star's End. That's right. Keep in Han mind, Solo if you're... trusts no one and does no <laughs> favors. He gives head before he gives out favors, and he doesn't give his best friend's head, so the chances of you getting a favor are pretty fucking slim. I don't know what that's from, but I'm into it. That is from Go. It is <laughs> the oh, God, only I thing I Go remember from that movie. The only thing I remember from Go is the part where they're negotiating over shooting one of the guys in the arm. Because, like, he shot some villain in the arm, and the villain managed to track him down and was going to shoot him in the arm back. And then they were, like, arguing about how, you know, oh, but I shot you from across the room. You can't shoot me point blank. Hmm. And there's, like, five people in the room, and they're all just sort of contributing to the argument. The other thing about Go that's worth checking out, of course, is the soundtrack, which is, you know, yeah, super cool. It's good. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so Han Solo at Star's End, if you want to follow along, you're looking for the Brian Daly Han Solo Adventures trilogy. There are two Han Solo trilogies. We are doing the old one. Yes, the Han Solo Adventures. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you in a week with yet more exciting Star Wars content because we had a couple spare books lying around. We're going to get right into it. You cannot stop us. The COVID virus cannot stop. Well, actually, it really there. scarily can. But so far, it has not. <laughs> uh all right great thank you everyone for joining us and especially in our new attempt at being distant from each other yep yep well we'll see how long we can we can stay apart before we kind of float towards each other like two hobos smelling pies just running across an open field at each other john (laughs) me and you and you and me yeah yeah we'll see how that we'll see how well that plays out uh all right as always you can go find bonus content that we're going to be doing in just a minute by going to patreon.com slash system mastery and supporting us at the two dollar level uh we will go we will find stories on wikipedia about weird star wars things and we will come back and tell them to each other and to you and this time we really will be surprising each other with them because we're not in the same room exactly so uh, so watch for that. That's going to be coming t- at the same time. They'll, they'll release both when we release this episode. As always, you can find that at patreon.com slash system mastery. It's at the $2 level. And unlocking the $2 level also unlocks the $1 level content, the system mastery bonus content. So you're getting like six episodes a month for that two bucks. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you real, real soon. Until that time, <laughs> I've been Elan Sleesbagiano. And I died. Good night.